TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Abnormal Psychologist, the show that shares everyday insights into getting the best out of your mind, body, and lifestyle. Now please welcome your host, The Abnormal Psychologist herself, Carrie Thompson-Casey. Welcome to another episode of The Abnormal Psychologist with me, your host, Carrie Thompson-Casey, the show where we are giving you the how-to to to get the best out of you. And today we are talking about behavior change. Often there is something we want to change about ourselves, a behavior we want to cease, like smoking, and other times we want to add a behavior in, like exercise or drinking more water or trying to motivate ourselves to take action, which sometimes appears to be the hardest part and where most of us fall down, with part of the problem being that we wait for motivation rather than mobilizing ourselves into action. As much as I think Oprah is fabulous and has transformed many lives, I disagree with one of her mantras. Often I heard Oprah say things like, when you know better, you do better. But unfortunately, the gap between knowing better and doing better is enormous. We know what we want. You know, we we even know what the ingredients are to get the results, but taking the required action and then sustaining that action is where we all often struggle. If you Google the stages of change, you'll find that there are four main stages, pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, and action. Pre-contemplation, here we're not interested in change so much. We can't see the need to change and have no intention of doing anything differently. So for example, here you would be, um, you'd be saying to yourself, I enjoy smoking and I don't want to give up. And to move to the next stage, which is contemplation, you would need to consider new information about yourself and the problem. You would need to understand that there would be benefits to changing. So contemplation, this is where people start to think about the issue and the possible need to make some changes. They recognize that there is a problem and that they have the capacity and should do something to make their lives better. They, they may have been even a trigger event um, for themselves or even someone they know. For example, uh, someone they know maybe have diagnosed with a smoking-related health problem. To move to the next stage, preparation, you would need to consider what you value more than that problem behavior or consider how ceasing that problem problem behavior or starting a new behavior would be in agreement with what you really value, like your health. You would need to seriously consider what kind of person you want to become. And then so we get to preparing. This is where there is enough concern or you have realized how serious the situation is and you have made a decision or a commitment to change. Preparation is where you prepare to take action and if needed, you might even get professional help. For example, you might talk to family or friends or your GP about the consequences of your smoking. You might even make a contract with yourself um, and or others. So then it leads us to the biggest one, action. Now this is where we really have to dig deep. This action stage is where you make real and overt changes or modifications to your life without waiting for motivation. You have scheduled it in or you have taken each little step required and are walking through it and are starting to live your new life. You've set a date to cease smoking, you make it difficult for yourself to purchase or obtain cigarettes and you have let others around you know. Even while the chances of relapse 
or temptation are pressing around you, you continue to steer the course. This stage is the willpower stage and often you would need short-term rewards until the benefits of the change start to show and the felt or observable changes begin to be motivating within themselves. In our smoker's example, you might start to be able to go upstairs without losing your breath. You notice your clothes smell nice rather than like smoke. At this stage, it's important to be prepared to plan to avoid or counter any threats to the new behaviours, like coffee breaks or social events where you might crave a cigarette or the, the, the behaviour is cued in by walking outside from work to have a cigarette. At this stage, it's important to acknowledge to yourself when you successfully, successfully take a difficult step on your own. Also, set dates to celebrate milestones or celebrate with the money you have saved on a treat for yourself. Then the next step would be maintenance. So pulling this all together can be tricky. So if you want to know more about these stages, just Google stages of change and whatever it is that you are trying to do, have a look at where you think you are in those stages and see what is required of you to get to the next stage. Now, my guest tonight on the show is no stranger to the efforts required to make change. Tonight, I'm talking with Clint, who over the last 12 months has lost 33 kilos. And we are going to pick his brain about what he did and what he said to himself along each step of his journey. So welcome to the show, Clint. Thanks for having me. So Clint, tell us your story. Where does it all begin? Well, I used to... uh... Well, let's start right at the beginning. Uh, you know, I grew up in a, a normal family of you know uh, four children, very very loving family. Parents still together, and and I guess like a lot of families, we celebrated many milestones with food, um, which seems to be a very common occurrence for for a lot of families, and and even still, it's a, a very common occurrence. And I guess I liked a food a bit too much, and, okay, and, and ate and ate and ate and ate, and and I just put on the weight and it, it sort of came on without me knowing it and and I reached my high school days and I was quite a large fella then and 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 school is, is always a tough time when you're a bit overweight um I didn't get picked on as such but you know I, I was got some nicknames and things like that and but it didn't worry me I, I, I sort of I'm a very relaxed type of fellow so I brushed it off and and it it didn't worry me and I kept on the course of eating the junk food and and then I moved on and got work and and still the the bad habits continued you know the the coke at lunchtime and the bread rolls and the sandwiches and and all those sort of things and yeah the pies and the chips I love the coke but I just yeah I just kept putting on weight and and one day um, the, the the biggest loser was on and, and where I was working, it was a factory and they, they said they're organizing a biggest loser competition. I thought, you know what, this is the perfect chance for me to, to lose weight. And, um, there was a prize money on there and, and I'm, I'm a very competitive person. I thought, you know what, I can, I can win this competition. And, and I, at that point I was starting to want to lose the weight. I, you know, I'm getting, getting older and I'm, I'm overweight. I'm out of breath. You know, I, I, I was single, so, um, it was starting to be a problem. So I thought, yep, you know what, I'm going to enter this competition. And, and from, from that competition, I, I I was ready to win and and I, I did win so wow was, so I won I think it was like five hundred dollars prize money and and from 
that event, my whole outlook changed on life. I uh, signed, uh, joined up to a gym and bought runners with my prize money and, and exercise gear. And, and I never thought I would be that type of person who would buy exercise gear. And, and yeah, I started to feel good. And it's like, this is, this is pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm starting to feel good. Um, and so then a bit of time went on and I met my partner, Amy. She was a personal trainer and I got in, um, she gave me a, a a personal training course. So I, I became a health and fitness coach and learned the typical personal trainer ways to help people because, because that's what I wanted to do. And I was doing that. I was helping people and, and carrying on and, and I was following the, the whole traditional, uh, traditional rules, calories in versus calories out, exercise and all so, that sort of stuff. So just tell me, Clint. So, so you were saying before there was some of the, I guess side effects of your weight were feeling a bit out of breath. You said, and yeah, and, definitely and, out and of started, breath. Yeah, and you started to worry about your appearance. Was I mean, what about you know how you were feeling about yourself at the time? Do you remember what that was like? I, I yeah, I, I mean, I personally it wasn't a really uh, big issue for me. I don't know if it was I just shut it out. Um, I. Um, I always made jokes about it, so maybe that was my sort of way of coping, you know, just laughing it off, calling call myself the big fella and the big man and things like that. So that sort of things, um, maybe, yeah, maybe I, I, I didn't acknowledge that. And had I done that sooner, I might have wanted to change it, change it a lot sooner, but, yeah, but I didn't. So, um, so it wasn't really about feeling... Um, so your why, as in why you started to to contemplate the change, wasn't so much about feeling bad about yourself, but it was started to be other factors like um, just like getting ready to start to go through like a, going to, into a dating process by yeah, the sounds that's, of it. Yeah, exactly and, right. Yeah. And, and feeling like you were starting to get a little older and maybe it's going to get a bit trickier mm. to, to lose the weight. So what was your starting weight back then before you did the, the competition at work? Uh, I think it was about 113 kilos. 113 kilos. Okay. That was a big boy. <laughs> well, isn't that they say it's about your height? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very short too, so <laughs> I'm not, that's not my favour either. <laughs> so, so at work, um, so you said really quickly there was a competition, and uh, and I went in it and I won. You know, surely there was a, a, a bit more to it. Tell us a little bit about um, that competitive. What was the competitiveness in you that that gave you even more strength? I I think it. It started off, you know, this is five hundred dollars. Yeah, I could do with five hundred dollars. And and towards the competition, in the duration of it, I started to think, you know what, I am, I can do this. I am feeling better, and, and I was losing a kilo and a half, two kilos a week, sort of thing. I was really, uh, I was really committed to it, and and you know, I changed changed everything. I started to eat differently. I I started walking and then started running and and exercising and and yeah, I could I could start to see the changes and and we'd so have... they became motivating within themselves. So yeah, definitely. So back before when I was talking about you know the pre contemplation stage, you weren't really worried about your weight. You, you didn't feel bad about it. You you know there was a few you know not name calling, but you know had a few nicknames. But then when the opportunity to to win some money was there. That was enough to sort of tip the scales that you started to prepare to to go on that weight loss journey. So before the competition, were you exercising at all? 
No, I wasn't. No, the, the only exercise I was getting would be going fishing. <laughs> Not a great deal of exercise there. Oh, actually, I, I, I do like, I, I did play a bit of Oztag, just um, casual Oztag once once a week. So that was that was all I was really doing. So, that yeah. something. And what was your job? You said you worked in a factory. Uh, I was a storeman. Okay, so not not particularly physical. No, not a, not really. No. no. <laughs> so, what about your competition? Who was else was at the factory? Was there any stiff competition? Well, they might be listening, but uh, no, <laughs> not not really. To be honest, no. um, I I guess yeah, it was it, it was mostly ladies entering the competition, and um, from from what I saw, they they weren't as keen to to win it as, as I was. They weren't willing to to make the sacrifice or changes to to win it they I'd look over and they'd still be eating their chocolate bars and 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 things like that while I was eating salad so um so, so what were you saying to yourself that you think was different then so what as you saw them eat the chocolate bar and they were in the same competition as you what do you think it was that you were saying to yourself that that helped you steer that course because this is what I think most people find really hard is that they see someone eating the the chocolate bar or even just eating a, a bigger salad, you know, or just having extra food. And I think, well, gosh, there's no consequences for Betsy over there. You know, mm. maybe, you know, maybe just this time it won't matter if I have an extra serve of croutons on my Caesar salad. Mm. So what do you think you were saying? Can you remember what you were saying to yourself? Um, I think my biggest shift in attitude was I, I can have whatever I want. I can have it, but I choose not to. Um, I think that was my That's big great, thing yeah. because if if you say I can't have I can't have I can't have, then it creates the desire of oh I want that I really really want that but so just by changing the attitude of I can have it if I really want to but I don't want to I'm, I'm choosing not to have it and and um, that was that was my way and I guess the other way I did it was I had a had a treat day so I think it was Friday nights would roll around and it's, it was my treat day and and I think that helped me become uh sustainable as well i could i could let my hair down and and eat what i want within reason on my cheat day but the funny thing is as the the journey progressed i didn't want to have a cheat day you know I, i'd go out to the pub and i'd become the <clears throat> excuse me the the designated driver or i wouldn't be reaching for the for the rubbish because you know, i just felt really really good and then i started to to reclaim my weekends back i i wasn't waking up hungover on the weekend or you know I could, I wasn't wasting my Saturdays and Sundays, you know, the, the hangovers. So that, wow. again, another motivator there, yeah. So feeling good in itself started to be a motivator. So when, yeah. how long do you think it was till you started to either feel better or started to physically notice the weight coming off? I know you said you were losing about a kilo a week. Um, did, was it the scales, looking at the scales moving, or was it the way you felt in your body? Uh, I, I think I felt pretty good pretty quickly. Like just, just changing my food from, you know, less processed crap to to um, better food straight away made me made me feel good. And, and back, back then it, it made me nourished and I thought, wow, this is, this is pretty good. And, and as a consequence, I, I had more energy because I was eating the, the salads and things like that, which gave me more energy. And, and plus that and, and looking at the scales, you saw the number down. And so it was um, you could see that the hard work was paying off. So that was definitely a motivator. Both of both were, were I guess, uh, coexisting. One, one, I was feeling good physically. And, and two, I could see the, the weight dropping off and, and, and having people tell me, geez, you're looking 
looking skinny and 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 things like that so the the outside encouragement also helped helped along the journey so it, it was coming at you from more angles really it was yeah so, so i think another bit that or point in time that people struggle with is they get a few weeks into it they start to get some compliments the weight starts to come off a bit and they think i can handle this i'm right now what mm. what gave you the the motivation to actually keep you know how long did the competition go for um, for some reason, they kept extending the competition. So I think <laughs> I think it went for probably three or four months in the end. Maybe they were trying to give themselves a chance to catch up to me. But um, um, probably three or four months, and and I, from memory, I might have had one or two days where I thought, you know what, I can, I'm, I, I'm winning this. I can relax a bit. But as soon as I did and ate something. I guess undesirable. I felt terrible again, and, and you make the connection and go, wow, that food has a big part to play and it's left me feeling crap. So, um, it, it got me back on the course pretty quickly. So what was the, the feeling terrible? Was it like a, a, a brain fog? Or, yeah, just, or... just lethargic. Yeah. Yeah. Brain fog and just wake up tired and you have a full night's sleep, but you just still feel tired and you just, uh, a bit slow to react and, and brain fog and bloated and, and all the usual sort of symptoms that I get. So what will happen next? Where, like, how many kilos did you lose by the end of the four months of the competition? Um, I think it was probably 10 or so, 10, okay. 10 plus, yeah. And, and That's impressive. Yeah, I was quite pleased with it. And as, as I said, I won the, won the prize money and straight away I went out and bought running shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine that would have made – so just the 10 kilos would have been a significant a, a change to your appearance as well. Were, were yeah. you buying new clothes as well? Yeah, actually, I, I I did. I and I remember making the joke that I I bought I bought a a new shirt before I started to lose weight and I couldn't wear the shirt again. It was like a brand new shirt. I was oh. devastated. <laughs> like I lost all this weight. I can't fit into this damn shirt. <laughs> so, Collateral damage along the uh, way. That's right. And yeah, I I didn't. I held off buying new clothes because I knew. I was keen to keep it going, so I'd buy things from the op shops because yeah, they, they'd eventually become too big for me. So I I did it that way. I just went and bought things cheap because I didn't yeah, didn't want them to 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 be wasted again. So um, and I think the big thing as well, which helped me and it might help some of your listeners, is don't keep your old clothes in the cupboard. Okay. Um, as soon as you're past that weight and and down, throw them out because that way. If you put on weight, you won't have anything to wear. You don't. You get rid of that safety net of oh, I can put my fat clothes back on. Get rid of that that temptation or that fallback, and and just That's go. Interesting. You know what? I'm I'm committed to this. I no longer have that shirt I was wearing when I was 113 kilos. This, you know, I don't want to have to go to the shop and buy fat clothes again. So I think that was a big big change for me as well. Changing that helped helped me along the journey. So. You were 10 kilos down, feeling really proud of yourself. You had $500 and then a new pair of running shoes. What happened next that allowed you to keep going? Um, again, I was just feeling really good. <laughs> and I, but, uh, yeah, I, I was feeling good and, and proud. So I'd, I'd run into old schoolmates and, and they'd look at me and say, geez, you're, you're looking fantastic. What are you doing? So it was that, that external encouragement from people that, that – uh, really really kept me going and 
back then it was it was the scales. I was watching the scales go down, you know, under under a hundred kilos. Um, I was thinking about this the other day when I was losing the weight. My friend, I made a joke to him. I said, "When I reach under a hundred kilos, you've got to buy me a lettuce." And sure enough, out at out at Oztag, he bought me a lettuce because I was under hundred kilos. So <laughs> it was kind of strange. Maybe I should have said something a bit bigger than a lettuce, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like yeah, so. Yeah. So that was really, really good, and and yeah, everybody, just the external encouragement from people. Geez, you look good. Wow, what are you doing? Um, that that really helped me along the way, and and I think that that's probably a, a good point as well. Is surround yourself with with positive people. Um, there will always be people who who try to pull you down um, for one reason or another. But if you create a network of, of uh, positive people around you. It will go a long way of helping you succeed, whether it's starting your own Facebook page or group. Where, um, just create a network of, yeah, positive people to encourage each other, I think. And, like, and perhaps like-minded people who are also at some stage of the the journey, whether it's, you know, giving up smoking or weight loss mm. or something else. Yeah, definitely. That, that okay. will, that'll go a long way in helping the, the change stick, I think. So you said that you actually started to um, – had you been in the fitness industry or were you? No, you... no, I, I, um, went from I, a storeman. Yeah, from a storeman and, and, and studied part time. And, and it, 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 like a lot of fitness people, they just gravitate to helping people. You know, the whole cliche, I've lost the weight, you can too, sort of thing. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's how it was. Like, like I, I felt so good. I wanted other people to, to feel this good as well. So, um, uh, and I think just as a person, I, I do really like to help people as much as I can. Um, so I'm, I'm a very giving person, and this was yeah, the perfect way to, to help people on their journey, I think. Oh, that's awesome. So tell me, you said you met Amy. So Amy was a personal trainer? She was a personal trainer, yes. So it's almost cheating. You had a constant well, personal trainer with you. Yeah, it was good. It, it was good. I yeah, but the funny thing, I'm a big believer in things like the law of attraction and I put out to the universe, I thought, I really need to find a, a personal trainer who's good at massage and sure enough, Amy came along so I was like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> very lucky indeed. Yeah, so she helped me along the way. <laughs> Wonderful. So um, I'm just thinking about, you know, through that period of time, you know, you must have taken such great strength and as you said, part of that strength also came from wanting to give to others. So what have you learned about people through your weight loss journey or watching other people go through their weight loss journey? Um, well, I guess the, the main things I've learned that people are on their own journey. Um, as much as I love helping people, I, I can't help everybody. I need to sometimes take a step back and, and let them lead their own journey. I think that's a pretty yeah. big one. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 lo- I love helping people and, and and the way I do it's like uh, to me it's like can't you see this is the answer but you really need to take a step back from from that and, and let them find their own journey. Um, I think that's a pretty big one. Um, the other thing I, I thought of is yeah, um, what else is there? People don't trust their own instinct or trust themselves. Um, they're often looking out for external answers to their to their problems. Okay. I, I think we're very intelligent within ourselves, and I always say that our body knows the answer. You've just got to 
learn to block out all so- all the outside influence and just listen within and and quite often your body will tell you what nutrients it needs how much exercise to do um things like that and what else did i learn um there's that much information out there that people get so confused and i guess it's what is it called paralysis by analysis what do i do what do i do i just won't do anything so um that's the other thing i think people people do and if that's the case, I encourage people just do one thing. If you if you don't know the answer, just do one thing and try it out. And that's that's what I did. My my whole evolution of of my journey, eating, fitness, everything has changed dramatically since since I I started the whole journey. I look at things now that I was doing. I thought, wow, I, I used to do that. Jeez, that, that's changed. So, um, but really become a, an expert on yourself and and just learn about yourself and you often find the answers um for myself the the lessons i've learned over the journey is i'm an incredible human and i'm not saying that to be arrogant or anything but as as a human i have found i can adapt to many many things so i i can lose the weight i was overweight i've lost the weight i can i can change my mindset and and things like that um what else did I learn? My my body is very resilient. Because okay. um, yeah. yeah, I've I've beaten it up. I was overweight. I didn't do any exercise. I've, I beat it up. I've run a marathon, and and that was a big one. And and the the body will repair itself. Sometimes it will take longer than others. And the other, I think, a really important thing is is the mind can be your best ally or your or your strongest enemy. So. If, mm. If your mindset's not right, you're you're in a bit of strife. So that's the the main things I learned about myself. Um, that's awesome. That's and so I think the mindset stuff is really tricky. And I think um, before when I was talking about the stages of change, it's sometimes important to to really drill down into those stages and say, where am I really at? I can say I'm I'm preparing to take action, but if I haven't established my why earlier in the contemplation stage and what do I value more um, than the state I'm in at the moment, whether it is weight loss or whether it's uh, wanting to study more or, or you know, stop smoking, that, that they really have to, um, or the individual, um, including myself, for different things. You know, it has to be about your your why and what do you value and, and weighing it up and finding the reasons why to, to pull yourself forward. So that's really, it's so great to hear your story and, and, and hear from someone who was in a position where, um, you know, the, the, you know, to, to find a way to make these significant changes, just stepping through. And, you know, the interesting thing, it did take you 12 months to lose that 33 kilos, but at least you arrived 12 months later having lost 33 kilos rather than still being at that sort of pre-contemplation stage and going, gosh, I could have lost 33 kilos by now. Sure. Um, you know, so that's really an amazing effort. It's really, you know, you should be... And it sounds like you're very pleased with yourself, which is which is fantastic. Which I think, can, you know, gives you the opportunity to motivate others. Mm, so, definitely. So what what is it that you do daily or weekly now that you think keeps you grounded or, or focused and balanced? Well, good question. <laughs> um, I guess my my daily or weekly ritual is play, play more. I I don't exercise anymore. I get out and play. I, okay. I I move. I I climb things. I jump things. I I explore 
outside. So, so it's no longer exercise. I, as a personal trainer, I don't exercise. I, I get out and play. Um, I think there's an important thing that people need to, to start doing is playing again because play is one of the greatest ways for us to learn. Um, and and it, because it's enjoyable, you don't look at your watch and go, I've got to, I've got to work out for half an hour. I'll I'll go out and play for an hour and sort of go, well, geez, look at the time. I better, better go and do some real work. Um, so play as much as possible, um, explore the world and, and, and just, yeah, just become a a big kid again. Uh, drink water. So drink a lot of water and be grateful every day. So whether it's writing down three, five gratefuls, talking with your partner, telling your partner gratefuls, um, things like that, be grateful for what you have. Even, even the smallest things It could be, I'm I'm grateful because I made the day without eating junk. Just celebrate everything that you've got to be grateful for. And, and you will see that you'll become more grateful for, for everything and more good things will come into your life. So being uh, open to that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess, uh, a monthly ritual is a bit more, um, go out and get some forest therapy. So go out to the forest and, and just immerse myself in the forest and, and again, play or, um, I don't sit down and meditate as such. I, Part of the, my meditation is is finding a quiet spot on a rock and just listening to the birds. So just okay, spend spend more nice. time outside. That's great. Now, did you say that you're doing personal training now as well? Yes, I am. Yeah, I call myself more of a health and fitness coach now because I'm not your typical personal trainer. Okay, so how can people find you and or, or your your programs? Uh, jump on www.primalinfluence.com. Um, we've got a website with, with all the, the bells and whistles pictures and you can see what I mean by playing. Uh, we've got a Facebook page, Primal Influence. And if you're on Sunshine Coast, we've got a paleo primal real food meetup group as well to, to encourage people to eat a paleo lifestyle. Fantastic. Well, that it's just been great listening to you, Clint. And it's so great to hear your story that, that you aren't someone who's been skinny all your life and and trying to tell people how to lose weight. You've really been through that transformative process and you've moved through those stages and and come out the other side maintaining your health and fitness in such a playful way. I love it. I think it sounds fantastic. It's good fun. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been really, I found this really very interesting. I love the idea of play. Well, I hope that you have found today's information valuable. Don't forget to support the show by telling your friends, or you can go to our Facebook page, Carrie Thompson Casey, that's Thompson without a P, and like us there and give us your feedback. You can also subscribe to the show in iTunes. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating if you like the show. And you can also support us by going to the website, CarrieThompsonCasey.com. Thank you for joining me and see you on the next episode of The Abnormal Psychologist where we share real people's stories and give you real ideas so that you can realise your potential. Take care. Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. 2015 marks perhaps the most important event the Wellness Couch has ever conducted. We've had two sold-out wellness summits these last years, but honestly, nothing will come close to our first ever wellness breakthrough. Your favourite Wellness Couch experts, the Up For A Chat girls, Quirky Cooking's Joe Whitten, Stu Hayes, Marcus Pierce, and of course the wellness guys are all gathering in Dandong Ranges for three days and two nights for one incredible event. 
If you want possibly the greatest peer group in health and wellness to help you catapult your life to the next level, then we'd love to see you at the Wellness Breakthrough in February. For more information, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.